Well, it's the end of the world. So what do we do now? Hello, welcome to Midweek Move, podcast extension of the Healing Place. is the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping up our little series we've been talking about uh, with some modern events taking place. And we've been diving into Ezekiel 38, Psalm 83, and now we're asking ourselves, what is our next step? What do we do? How do we respond to what's taking place on the world stage that has prophetic significance in our lives? And uh, joining me today is Pastor Scott, who... Um, has uh, graciously been walking us through quite a bit of information here. Like this is a <laughs> lot of of stuff that we've been walking through. Last week, uh, we uh, we did not reveal uh, who the Antichrist was. <laughs> uh, that you can do our paid prescription service to do that. <laughs> our <Just> Patreon <laughs> uh, for our deep dive, our secret society. You got a decoder ring with Pastor Scott's face on. <laughs> This is getting ridiculous. All it's of a only fourteen ninety nine to get our secret society. Oh, 14 because it's oh, a double of seven, which is the perfect so number. That's so funny, man. That is so funny. I say that because there is there is a YouTube channel that has a secret society. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they have goodness. different levels. Lord. They have different levels, and they have their secret society. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, there. I won't name the I won't name the the YouTube channel. Yeah. But. So. I, but guys, the, they're beasts. They're beasts. <laughs> have a, a, I think I know what you're talking about. I know exactly society. what you're talking about. Oh my! Gosh. I do love those guys, though. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I don't know them personally. Mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot of controversy around those guys, but I do genuinely have sure. a heart for those two individuals specifically. Yeah. Just, um, and I know that a lot of what they do is acting, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. you know, you never know somebody necessarily in front of the camera, but. Yeah, I do know this for a fact. The Lord has genuinely put a uh, a love in my heart for those two individuals. So yeah. I don't make light of what they're doing. Man, very successful. Yeah, very. Very creative. Golly, next level uh, creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's an anointing that they carry with that. Whew, yeah. Some people might get mad for you saying that. I don't care. But <laughs> the gifts of God, the gifts of God are without repentance, mm-hmm. irrevocable, uh, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you, mm-hmm. not because Timothy was saved, but because God put it in him before any of that. Right. God put gifts in us, and some people have a hard struggle. I don't know why people have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. Like, God can't use anybody. God will use anybody. Yeah. Not because they're good. Mm-hmm. God doesn't use me because I'm good. Right. If I was good enough, I wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah. God uses me because <clears throat> because he's put something in me that can be used. Yeah. And whether I accept him or not, God will use it for his purpose somehow. I mean, the scriptures are littered with examples of people who were ungodly, but God still used them in That's various right. ways. That's right. And not necessarily in negative ways to punish Israel. Oftentimes it was to put them in a good place. Oh, Dallas, that's only the Old Testament. That doesn't happen in the New Testament. Wrong answer. You haven't read the New Testament. Just this saying. true story. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. And yet we digress, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. We, there's a level of levity we've had. But by the way, fourteen ninety nine sounds really, really good. <laughs> fourteen ninety nine per month. Third level. Secret midweek move. M W M cubed. Cute. That's right. Oh my gosh. 
our cubed audience. The they get access to who the Antichrist will be. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, yeah. Mediahub hey, at we- <laughs> You guys want to check that out? Or we'll if you want to send us emails going, man, this is like. This is weird. We've had levity with these episodes. People are like, man, this is serious stuff. It's like. But again, we we jokingly opened up the the uh, with a song uh, in the first time for the first segment of this where we talked about you know, it's in the world and we feel fine. We don't need to be afraid of these things. It yeah. doesn't need. Be, it's we're yes, this is serious. And by the way, the, the two weeks things. preceding this have been pretty heavy. Oh, very. So I I want to lift the veil just a little <laughs> bit. No pun intended, but just lift the veil just a little bit right. so we can because it's been heavy. It's heavy stuff, but. Yeah. At the same time, man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's it. Man, we can have an awesome time. And by the way, we don't have a Patreon. We don't have a secret society. <laughs> we don't. Someone's just going to cut that one portion out. <laughs> they're going to send it to Springfield. Uh, Do you know what your churches are doing? Or they're going to send it to the West Coast to <laughs> two people that I referenced. And that should be an awesome episode of their own. Oh, man. That's funny. If they do. It's G- awesome. I would love that, man. I genuinely love you Golly, two dudes. Golly, I would and your love team. that. If I that happened, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> if somehow they got a hold of this and they were like, what are they talking about? And they used it on one of the, I would love that. That would oh, be amazing. Gosh. Not That's- a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Oh my gosh. Well, let's but you this. could win the opportunity to be a sponsor in the future. That's another hint of who these people might be. <laughs> this is, this has gone off the rails. <laughs> I love it, man. Oh my gosh, well, so good. Let's jump into it, guys. We've been talking about Psalm eighty three and uh, Ezekiel thirty eight, and today, like I said, we're we're talking about like what do we do? How do we handle what we've just discussed over the last couple of weeks about um, this Arab Confederacy and and these wars and the rumors of wars, really? Like, what's our next step, Pastor? Where do we go for for wisdom on walking this out in a very practical way? So I think a great place in the Scriptures uh, is Matthew 25. Mm. And I think it's a really good place for us to to land. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus has been telling his disciples about the Great Tribulation. He's been talking to them about Tribulation and Great Tribulation. Those two are not the same. Right. They're they're delineated. So... Mm. um, his uh, his coming, um, his his second coming, uh, we see introduced the parable of the fig tree, which just seems so random, but it's got very prophetic implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretty much dispels. No one's going to know the day or the hour. So, you know, eighty eight reasons why Christ will come <laughs> in eighty eight. Um, oh, let's let's do another book. Ninety four yeah. reasons why he'll it come in like ninety four. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he kind of dispels all of that. He's he's really digging in on kind of these counter terms: faithful servant, evil servant. Um, he he has already talked to him about the wheat and the tares. He's already talked to him about the meaning of leaven and what that looks like. And mm-hmm. and and he gets to this this parable of wise and foolish virgins, and he uses the the allegory of, or the example of, a wedding. Mm. And Jesus has done this multiple times. I don't think it's a mistake that his first miracle was at a wedding. Uh, and even the implications of turning water into wine at a wedding, that that has major implications, prophetic implications. Yeah, definitely. And 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 just the way that whole thing, and he, so he's already dealt with that, and now he really gets into the the, the parable of being prepared as a bride 
for when the bridegroom would come. Mm. And this was in America, wedding uh, marriage has has become uh, diminished in in many areas, mm-hmm. um, not just in practice, but even the thought of marriage. Less and less young people are getting married, mm-hmm. especially females. Uh, less and less are having children. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fact. That's not just yeah. Scott saying that. That's a fact. It's 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 proven fact. This is the culture we're living in. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus in this is a, a typical Jewish setting for what is about to happen. There was a preparation time, not just an engagement, but there was a preparation time. Right. There was uh, a transaction that took place between families. Um, there was a preparation time for the bridegroom mm-hmm. who would prepare a place for the bride. And his wording to that bride would be, that prospective bride, I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come back. Mm. That sounds very familiar, right? Yeah. Jesus said it, right, to his own disciples. Mm-hmm. He was quoting what would be that marriage. The, the, the virgin and the prospective bride would prepare herself. She would be ready because the bridegroom would come at a time which she didn't know. Right. And normally it might even happen at night. Mm. And so Jesus gives this um, parable, and he talks about here's the difference between the, the five wise and five foolish. And he says in verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. So the bridegroom's kind of taking his time. Ten virgins, all virgins. This is one thing we need to be clear about. Mm-hmm. This isn't five pure women who are about ready to be married and five unholy women. Mm-hmm. These are ten virgins. They're all right. virgins. They're working, they're serving, they're preparing themselves. And man, this has become such a revelation to me. They were all asleep. Mm-hmm. All of them. Right. Yet five are wise. Why are they asleep? Well, it's not that God doesn't want us to sleep. Right. There's a difference between slumbering and sleeping. Mm -hmm. God instituted the Sabbath, and he instituted rest. Right. So God's not rebuking them, but the difference in the wise and the foolish was their preparation. Mm -hmm. wasn't that they they were all asleep. Right. So it wasn't that the foolish were just knocked out and weren't going to wake up and hit the snooze, and the wise were wide awake. Mm -hmm. Everybody was asleep. Yeah. You know, when Jesus comes back... As we're working and and doing what God has called us to do, we're going to be tired when Jesus comes back. Sure. Or we should be. Mm -hmm. Because we've been doing the work that God called us to do. Right. We're going to be tired. But we should be prepared in our tiredness. Yeah. And I think that's a a key thing we got to point out for some people because there is like some animosity for people like, oh, well, you're, you're just being like, no, we're resting. There's a rest. There's a moment of a season where you have to relax. You just came back from a, a, a vacation time frame with your bride. That was resting. Yeah. People are like, well, why weren't you out preaching, Pastor? Why weren't you out visiting the sick and all sorts of stuff? You need a rejuvenation. You've got to have that. And what happened while you were gone? God moved in many ways. <laughs> yeah. We, we had, Pastor and I had just had lunch, and he'd tell me all the stories. On his vacation, people think, oh, you, you went off. You did nothing. And God moved in your life. Yeah. And he moved in the lives of other people through you. Like every day. Every, while crazy. resting. Yeah. So just because you're resting, just because you're asleep, doesn't mean that God's not there, but you prepared yourself. Yep. You know, you. I know your lifestyle. I know how you're in the Word. I know uh, that you're, you know, up at, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, communing with God for one reason or another. And all It was 427 <laughs> this morning. 427. Right. 
But, and by the way, there was not, speaking of vacation, you know, you think vacation, man, you're just going to sleep in and all that. Every single morning of vacation, mm -hmm. I was awake between 427 mm -hmm. and 438. Mm. Every single morning. Yeah. No matter how much I tried to stay up at night mm -hmm. so I could wake up later, I still woke up within a like a 10-minute frame. Mm -hmm. Every single morning, no alarm. Right. On vacation. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it happened. Some days I was mad that it was happening <laughs> and tried to go back to sleep and the Lord wouldn't let it. And then Tanya would wake up at like nine or 10 and she'd be like, like you've been up like five hours already yeah, or six hours. Like you have half a day under your belt already. Right. I was like, that's why I'm about to take a nap. <laughs> it, but it's like preparation, you know, before Jesus comes, we are going to be waiting and serving and burning for him and, and all those things, but mm -hmm. we're going to be tired. And the word of God illustrates this as labor pains. Mm -hmm. Like before Jesus comes, there's going to be like labor pains. Mm -hmm. And so when it says that while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It's just a natural thing. Mm -hmm. But it was about the preparation that they had before they went to sleep. So verse 6 says, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Mm. So I think it's interesting that there was a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness, Prepare the way. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. What did John the Baptist say? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right. Scripture backs up Scripture. Yeah. Scripture confirms Scripture yeah. over and over and over again. And Jesus didn't do anything by accident. Yeah. And so when it talks about this wake-up call, we see that in Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 1, verse 15 through 19, 28 through 32, uh, where there's this wake-up call, there's this blowing of a shofar to wake up, arise, wake up, challenging times are coming, um, but miracles, signs, wonders, greatest revival, we know there's a wake-up call happening on the earth right now. Right. We know it. Mm -hmm. If you don't know it, you're not paying attention. Yeah. There is a clear wake-up call happening on the globe. Mm -hmm. Wake up. But most people are running to the fear part because of the conflicts that are happening, running to the doubt part because of living in a almost a postmodern generation, mm -hmm. instead of an anticipation and an expectation of what this means. Yeah. The wake-up call is something awesome is about to happen. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, something terrible is about to happen. Well, maybe. But the most awesome thing ever is about to happen. Right. And when we say awesome, we generally, a moment of awe. We're not yes. just, uh, there was a, uh, a comedian is like, it's not awesome hot dog. You're like, oh, that is the most amazing hot dog I've ever seen. But it's like, awe, yep. wonder, Christ the King is coming back. Yep. And it's something that should, even if you're ready and rolling and prepared, it should make you shake in your boots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus isn't coming as the lamb. Mm -hmm. He's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, He's coming on a white charger, mm -hmm. not a car. <laughs> Look up that term charger. It also means horse. <laughs> and he's going to have fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. Yeah, It's awe mm -hmm. and wonder. But this lion who's coming was also the lamb who was slain mm -hmm. for the sins of the world. Yeah. Which means if we've received him as the lamb, 
then we can expect him as the lion and not fear him coming as the lion. Right. But be prepared even when we're asleep. Mm-hmm. And so then it says in verse 7, then all those versions arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, there's some there's a little bit of contention with verse 7 because some uh, theologians say that it wouldn't have been lamps, it would have been torches, and they wrap the torches, you know, and the oil is soaked on the cloth or whatever it is, the fabric. Um, but if you look at verse 7, in most all terminology is not torches, mm-hmm. is lamps of some sort, whatever that would have been. Uh, but it says trim their lamps. And so the trimming really becomes the preparing mm-hmm. for the wise. Because we know that if you don't trim your wick, then it becomes out of control. Right. And not just out of control, but then it soaks up like you're using more than you should be using. And so, but another thing that that really got me with verse 7, they trim their lamps. It comes from the Greek word cosmeo, which we get our word cosmetic. And it struck me that the outward appearance was not the difference between the wise and the foolish. Mm-hmm. Because it says in verse 7, then all those versions arose and trimmed their lamps. Mm-hmm. All of them. But five of them are still foolish. Right. Yet they're trimming their lamps. The exterior is not what made them wise or foolish. Right. It was the interior. Right. It was what filled, not what it looked like. Right. That's a great lesson for us. Mm-hmm. We can look however we want to look and try to make people think whatever they think. Right. But it doesn't matter. The bridegroom's not coming because you look like a virgin. Right. The bridegroom's coming because you are. Right. The bridegroom's not coming because your wick is trimmed. The bridegroom's coming and expecting your lamp to be full of oil, mm-hmm. expecting you to be full, prepared, ready. So then verse 8, And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And this is where this current culture would say, How dare those wise virgins? But the wise answered and said, No. Lest there be should lest there not should be enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. What's your take on this one? I mean, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, there's a level of we're prepared right now, and we cannot sacrifice what we have and miss what's coming down the line. The king is coming, the, the groom is coming. We're prepared now. We can't help you. But there are people who can. They have the preparations. If you didn't get that ready, do it now. Go. Get yourself ready to go. And like you said, there are some people who come from certain political stances that go, oh, well, that's inappropriate. That's mean. You should just share with it. You know, th- you know, deal with it. No, I, I can't help you. I can't help somebody be saved. No, that's not the moment for it. It's, there are moments for it. Yeah. But that's not one of them. Yeah. When Jesus comes back. If you give your oil to somebody else, you're missing mm-hmm. the bridegroom. Yeah. Like, it's over. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know you, according to the rest of the scripture. Yeah. So we're always saying that, oh, you can't give somebody you don't have yourself. Well, if you give away your oil, you have nothing to offer. Right. And worse, you have nothing to offer the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Which is like, whew. yeah, because we we kind of that verse eight and nine, people will try to get by with as little as possible. Mm. 
as little of God as they can fit in their life. Right. But but the problem with that is if there's a delay, a storm, an unexpected situation, then you have nothing to draw from, and you normally end up falling away from God, and you normally end up blame God, and then you hate God. Yeah. Like, that's not where the Lord wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I would think that most people are like, that's not where I want to be. Right. Verse 11 and 12. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Mm. Because those foolish ones went to buy, and while they were gone, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Mm -hmm. Like, the oil kept the fire burning. And I think I put this in my notes, that it's a little unsettling to me that we have every kind of activity, device, technology, and I'm not against any of those things but we have every kind of activity, device, technology benefit, but we don't live with an understanding of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We don't live with an understanding of how important it is to be filled with God, mm-hmm. the presence of God. And when I look back through what we've talked about, Psalm 83, Ezekiel 38, even going into the Battle of Armageddon, all these things, 2006, there was a wake-up call. 2009 was a warning. 2011, there was an alarm that went off. 2013, 2018, things started to shake. 2020, stuff got shook and motives and agendas got exposed. Yeah, That's been happening for the last three years now. We've just seen a pr- proliferation of it. We can see it in all aspects of our society, sports, entertainment, uh, in our job, workplaces, uh, socioeconomic, Uh, city government, uh, state government, national government. We see it everywhere, the effects of the shaking that took place in 2020. Mm -hmm. And now where we find ourselves, I believe, where we find ourselves now is almost in that Hebrews 12. Mm. Whatever can be shaken is being shaken. Yeah, definitely. And I know as a pastor, one thing that, that we saw, and this isn't just us, I know pastors from all over the world, not just the nation. It's happened to everybody. They said that the last three years, they're in this shaking, what they have realized is that there were people who were there every single week faithful, and when this happened, they've not been back. Mm. And they believe it revealed that they were just coming out of habit. Mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily a love for Jesus. Even some people who served, I mean, like on prayer teams and stuff, gone. Uh, sitting, just sitting now, and some not even there at all. Uh, people are going to argue online forever. Um, I still believe 100% you cannot replicate what happens in person, mm-hmm. ever, with anything. Mm-hmm. I don't, it can't be done. AI is going to make people think it can be done. Mm-hmm. It will. It'll be so real, they'll think it's real. Mm-hmm which will, I think, be another deception of how people will take the mark. Mm -hmm. Not to get super heavy, but (laughs) just to make it real. Because right now, there are so many things right now, like, it's not hidden anymore. It's just not. Mm -hmm. It's not hidden where we're headed. It's not hidden anywhere. Like, it's not like somebody's going, hey, we can't say that word on network TV because, no, they're saying it. They're showing it. It's everywhere. 
And I can speak for America. I can't speak for other nations, but in America, we are modern-day Rome. Mm. We're being distracted by entertainment. We're being distracted by sports entertainment. While things are happening and decisions are being made behind closed doors that are going to end up with a modern-day Christians in the Colosseum Mm. uh, being used for entertainment. Yeah. And we are so distracted by everything, we're missing what's right in front of us. And I'm not talking about conflicts or Israel or Russia or Turkey or America. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the Lord Yeah, right in front of us, moving in lives, touching hearts, changing lives. Uh, it's just like a, a Sunday a couple of weeks ago where we took the time in the middle to recognize our pastoral team, not to worship them, but to honor those who labor among us, the gifts that God had put in them. Could we afford to use that time? Some would say, no, we don't have time to do that in a service. Mm. But we recognize that this is what the Lord is doing. Yeah, definitely. And we did it. And then we did something that people thought, no way would we ever do that. Okay, a man passed away, but he was difficult. He was angry sometimes, and I didn't want to deal with him. Why are we taking a moment in a worship service to honor this man, to talk about this man, to, like, let's just move on? No. This is what the Lord is doing. Yeah. And I started at the pulpit at 11 o'clock. We started at 10. I didn't get the pulpit until 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But the Lord had already moved powerfully in so many people. Our pastoral staff, they were elevated beyond a place they even were right then. Not because we worshiped them, but because we honored the gift that God had put inside of them. Not being distracted by all the conflicts and everything that's going on, but what is the Lord doing right here and right in front of us? Yeah. Was all kind of chaos going on around us? Absolutely. News reports were everywhere and everything, and rockets are being fired, and economies are this and but we knew what the lord was doing right in front of us and there's going to be a church and i'm not talking about a building a people mm-hmm. who are going to be so looking out everywhere else that they miss what the lord's doing right in front of them mm-hmm. and when he comes and they hear he's going to come they're going to be running around looking for oil mm-hmm. when oil was in front of them the whole time and I think our thing for you guys today, maybe not in our current in our previous episodes of this, but our things don't be distracted. Yeah. Don't get distracted. If you're not in a local body, get in a local body. That's not preacher speak, guys. I believe it's a must yeah. before Jesus comes. <clears throat> I was just talking with a friend of mine today and um they had some concerns about some folks that were very close to them, and um, they inspired him. They helped shape his view of faith, Christianity. And over the last bit, he noticed some strange, not inconsistencies, but their views have changed some stuff that's not, um, not necessarily in line with the biblical worldview anymore. And he was concerned about it, and we were talking about it, and they had gone through a season where they were very disconnected from the church. And... 
we're talking as one of the things I've learned, I've I've noticed over the years is that when I people when when God's people get disconnected from the church, and there's no longer the fellowship of the brethren, there's no longer accountability, there's no longer that continual encouragement of going, let's serve the Lord faithfully. There's a conflict that takes place, especially if they have people in their lives who are very non-faithful to the Lord. Yeah. And then they start to, because then they have to try to, what's we're looking for? They begin to try to um, not compromise, but reconcile their love and care for people that they care about who are far from the Lord with their faith with the Lord, forgetting the set of priorities, especially in the cases of children. They have a child who's away from the Lord. They begin to reconcile, well, I love my child. And so they start to make concessions for their child, forgetting that their child is below their spouse and their spouse is below their Lord, Jesus. And that is one of the things that takes place. I've seen it time after time when people are away from the church, when they are not faithful in a community, a real community of individuals. Yeah. Not just, hey, we hang out and we talk about Jesus sometimes at a coffee shop, but like legitimate like community where they're they're challenged by the word. There's leadership that's walking through some stuff. They're growing. You mentioned a couple of weeks on Sunday about um, just being present at church doesn't mean you're part of that promise of being the body of Christ. But it's you're growing in that. You're growing in that in that faith. That is essential to the believer. And if we're not there, if we're not present in the body, we will likely fall away from and we will begin to call what is good evil and what is evil good. Yeah, and we're not talking about a church bubble because no. that can be horrible. That's too. an entirely different thing. Yeah, because you get in your church bubble and then anything outside that bubble, all of a sudden your bubble is burst because you're mm-hmm. like, what just happened? It's like, no, we're talking about biblical community. Mm-hmm. And biblical community is not... You know, there's nothing wrong with hanging out and all that, but it's not just hanging out and watching a football game together. Mm-hmm. That, it literally is praying together, worshiping together, mm-hmm. preaching, teaching, all of these things together. Mm-hmm. And again, you can get in a church bubble, yes, but that doesn't mean that we need to stop doing biblical community mm-hmm. because you can get in a church bubble. But I can promise you this, you can also get in a church hurt bubble. Yeah. Then you can also get in a non-believing bubble. Mm-hmm. Because now the people you surround yourself with are saying that what you want to do is okay, mm-hmm. rather than saying, man, the Lord's laid out some things before you. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And he doesn't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want you to do that. Like, the Lord doesn't have that. He's got more for your life than that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, I know people will take whatever we say with whatever stream they're in and they will take it wherever they want to take it. But I just know this. I know my heart and know what we're speaking is the truth Mm -hmm. according to God's word. So that started out really, really crazy and wild and funny. And just we hit a really somber, deep place there. Right. It's okay though. Um, It's important. Again, that's the thing about our faith with Christ and our walk with him there are seasons, there are moments, and some people act like you have to always be super straightforward. And sometimes people who have this misconception that joy means you're always laughing and joking. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. There's a middle ground. That's right. You've you've said a thousand times, we're not called to be this. Yep. Called to be here, and um, and that's what we do here. And if you want to know the secret about it, sign up for our fourteen ninety nine <laughs> Patreon plan secret for the secret society. MWM Society. Uh, <laughs> That being said, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear from you guys. <laughs> How's this encouraging? How's it challenging? Mm. So we can pray with you. 
again, that we do this, we talk about the scriptures, we talk about what's happening, but the point is to encourage you, to challenge you. Some of you guys, you don't have a community, and uh, we would like to be a bridge to help you find community. How can we pray with you and help you do that? Reach out to us. Midweek Move is on Facebook and on YouTube, or email us at mediahub at thbstreetport.com. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you.